0: We all have our crutches in life, whether we recognize and acknowledge that we have and need a crutch or not. Out of the wilderness, those crutches can include drugs, alcohol, a person or relationship, career, etc. When the world refers to Christ as a crutch, I can't help but to agree. The reason for this need of some type of crutch is we were never meant to live life on our own, separated from God. As the old analogy goes, living life without God is like an unplugged toaster sitting on a table. Without being plugged into a power source, at the end of the day, it's just a useless toaster until it's plugged in and can function the way it was created to. C.S. Lewis made a great analogy in his book, Mere Christianity, to this point when he said, quote, God made us invented us as a man invents an engine a car is made to run on petrol and it will not run properly on anything else now god designed the human machine to run on himself he himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on there is no other that is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering with religion slash relationship slash fellowship with him. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there, unquote. We were created to have a relationship and fellowship with God. But when Adam fell in the garden and rebelled against God's commandment, That fellowship was broken. Bad news, right? Now what? Well, God loves us so much in His infinite wisdom and counsel, He already had a plan to restore that fellowship through the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus. Right when man fell, God promised that He would make a way for His people to have that fellowship again. He says in Genesis. Chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you surely shall die. Also, in Genesis chapter 3, reading the whole chapter. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of the which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed, more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you should go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because he was the, she was the mother of all living. Also... For Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed cherubim at the east, at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. Reading that verse, it's incredible. Just seeing how the Lord, recognizing the sin of Adam, corrects him, yet immediately He makes that plan to, as he says, basically bruise the head of the serpent, even though he bruises the heel of him, Jesus. And also, if you notice, immediately God makes Adam and Eve tunics of skin and clothes them. He immediately forgives them. And gives them a way out and a way to deal with the sin that they have committed. So even as early as the very first opening chapters of the Bible and of man's creation, God always had that redemptive plan in mind. He always wanted us, regardless of what we do, to have that fellowship with him because he loves us. Obviously, God being the all-knowing omnipresent and omnipotent God that He is, knew we wouldn't be able to follow His instructions to literally have everything in the earth except the fruit from one tree. That's our innate human nature, to want what we can't or shouldn't have. How do we overcome this? By finding a crutch to either comfort us in our rebellion, such as the things of this world, or by leaning on the crutch of life, truth, forgiveness, and so much more in Christ. I don't have all the answers, and this life is a constant battle and struggle between my will and His will for my life. But what I can speak from is true life experience and living a life of both rebellion and obedience to God during the seasons of my life. And I, like anyone else who ultimately puts their hope and faith in Christ, can promise that a life of fellowship and obedience to God is so much more fulfilling than a life in the wilderness. The loneliness, depression, emptiness, and everything else that comes along with worldly crutches are what lead to the broken humanity we see around us. The hope, love, peace, joy, And everything else that comes along with obedience to Christ is why we choose to follow Christ. No one is perfect. And that unrealistic expectation should never be put on anyone. But should a Christian be a reflection of Christ and his character? Absolutely. And that's a constant battle, struggle for many of us. But... The quicker we learn to let ourselves go, let our pride go, let our ego go, and truly surrender and submit every area of our life to the Lord so that he can work. That's when you truly start to see the goodness of God, how much he loves us. And again, God doesn't put constraints on us to control us. He puts parameters within our lives to simply protect us from ourselves and from the hurt and pain that he has the foresight to see that we usually don't. Just like Adam in the garden, at the time, it seemed logical and reasonable to eat of the tree, to have knowledge. It seemed innocent enough, but as we can see to this very day, that one choice of rebellion Basically, open up the door to Satan being able to come in and have this constant battle we deal with in life all the time. So, that's my thought for the day. God bless you, and I hope you have a blessed day. I would encourage you try to take in a little bit of the Word daily. There's plenty of devotionals. There's plenty of things, plenty of resources these days. Um, You know, every moment of every day is essential and important. And just taking a few minutes to kind of focus on the Lord and really focus on what's important will save you a lot of heartache and trouble in the end. So God bless. Take care.